Fourth third of a time. Fourth down and two the goal for the Tigers. And let me just tell you something. Head down to Simon says. Simon says for Logan says he's breathable ass. I haven't taken it off in a tire game. I'm talking through it. ESPN 990. Allow me to wear the mask with the microphone. Breathe, and welcome to the Black Swarm <laughs> Podcast, Week One Edition. Hank Pipe here with Rob Antonell, and as is tradition now, our first guest, wide receivers coach Kale Miller. Hello, hello. How's, How's it going? Good, good. Ready to roll. All right, well, you know, let's uh, let's get into it, Rob. I see you have an itinerary, so uh, it, it's a very loose itinerary. I mean, as you can see by the by the wavelength, um, the first segment is guest talk. Um, specifically guest talk not predicated by opponent. Um, so we're just kind of, you know, as always, talk to our guest. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of gone over the history with him, how he's got here, you know, where he's been. Um, a little bit different this year, you know, the third time we're having you on. Um, but what's not different is, uh, you know, some of your players over the last three years. You have a lot of kids coming back that you've had for three years in a row. Um, you know, how have things you know, been with everything that's going on. A lot of things are different. You know, how much has, you know, the Corona thing really affected your entire summer, the lack of scrimmages, seven on sevens, you know, just how has that really affected you in general? Well, if you look at, um, I guess, protocols and procedures, that has changed everything Um, in terms of practices and what they look like. Like when we worked out earlier this summer, we had three different groups come in at different times. Um, we had a cap on a number of kids in a weight room. Um, we had a cap on a number of kids in the indoor. If it wasn't their turn, they had to wait outside. And we had to monitor them outside and make sure they were spread apart with their masks on. And we took their temperatures as they came in all summer. Uh, precautionary. That's every day still. And so we, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it was more of those little things that we changed. Now, we, I, I believe we made it really efficient. Um, you know, we, we, we have, we're lucky to have the facilities that we have. We're able to split kids up that way. And I thought it was really good. Um, instead of having 90 kids in a weight room, you might have 28, 29. And so the kids that you might get, they might get lost in the shuffle. You're not paying attention to them. No, they're getting... <laughs> They're getting a lot of focus from the strength staff and from Coach Studer. And so that I felt like we got a lot better that way. Um, same with the conditioning and the agility drills. They were all doing them in groups. Um, we made it efficient. We had we had a good plan in place. And it was it was very similar for for once we got to camp days. We had kids come in at certain times where we would have our pre-practice stuff and we were never all together until we actually went to practice. Uh, Some groups would lift, some groups would be up stretching, other groups would be taken to the locker room by their position coach to get their stuff. And we would rotate those things all the way up until we hit special teams and pre-practice and then we would all be out there together. Um, I, I guess when we're doing drills, you know, we're telling kids to spread out if they're in line. Um, you know, you're wiping down bags after somebody hits them. You're 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 wiping down footballs. You know, not every throw because I don't you know I don't think that was required. But you know, after practice, every coach has a spray bottle uh, with the disinfectant stuff that was given to us, and 
we have uh, we have towels that we use that get washed every day, and so like my job, we have headsets at every practice. So one of my jobs is I wipe down the headsets. It's just I guess little things like that that even though they were extra things that we had to do just procedurally, it wasn't anything out of the normal. Once we hit once we hit practice, um, I thought our kids there wasn't. Again, because I believe we made it seamless, like compared to last year, it was so similar other than those uh, safety guidelines that our kids felt it was a normal summer. It was weird not going against somebody in like a seven-on-seven. We really, really wanted to scrimmage somebody, and we just couldn't get that done. Uh, It does get monotonous just going against yourselves after a while. Um, and I think anyone who had to do that, which everyone in Ohio, anyone had to do that and still didn't have that like one scrimmage, you're gonna feel the same way. Um, you're gonna feel the same way. Uh, you wanna you wanna get those previews in ahead of that week one, where you're okay. We're I think that we're gonna be good, better at this, better better at this. Where you see that in practice, but again, you're not going against a different color jersey, and and. Our kids, you kind of got to hold them back because our kids are aggressive. They want to kill you. And so you, you got to kind of separate that and practice from killing each other when they just want to go hit somebody else. Um, now, you asked me about, you know, guys I've had and guys I still have. Um, yeah, I, I believe that, that, you know, those guys have developed even more, especially in the weight room. Um, we have a veteran group. Um, of really, really good players out there. I think that we've, I think that we've gotten better. Um, those kids are leaders, which really helps the the younger guys or even inexperienced guys from um, running the same plays, formations, everything. And those guys have grown into those roles, and I'm really, really excited about it. I'm excited about our potential because right now you can say potential. Because we haven't had a scrimmage, haven't gone against anybody else. Um, we're just going to keep grinding. Every you know, practices aren't different. They, they, we've been doing the same thing, um, yelling and screaming at each other. Kids getting into it because they're competitive. Uh, coaches getting into it because we're competitive. That's just the way that things roll. So you know that th- those standards haven't changed. The expectations haven't changed. Um, you know, it, it go out, do your job. And come back to the huddle. Go out and do your job every single day. Let's get better today. Let's get better tomorrow. Um, and let's build up and, and get our dudes to Friday night ready to roll and primed. Um, you know, like I said, film was very similar. Uh, we'd have the social distance during film and split up into groups for that. But again, it's the same message. It's the same. Uh, base, basically, it's the same itinerary we've had. Uh, leading up to a game week, other than not having uh, different opponents, you know, for practice, I like where we're at. I I think that, um, speaking from from my point of view, great week and a half of practice. Great, almost no, actually, almost probably two great weeks of practice, which is this is the right time you want to start uh, getting to that point. And um, I know Friday is going to be weird. Uh, not weird, but exciting. I guess finally going against somebody. Um, 
we're, we're going to have to, I believe we're going to have to be a little bit patient. Um, there's referees out there, you know, there's penalty flags being thrown. There's uh, there's all kinds of stuff that we're just not used to. I think we did have refs at one of our inner squad scrimmages and that was great. Um, that was great. And I think, uh, yeah, it's just going to be, okay, we finally get to do it. Let's just focus on our jobs. Let's keep stuff simple. Um, and then we're going to adjust from there. And, you know, my guys on the perimeter, I feel, are, are being so such veterans at the position and in our system, our offensive system, that we're, we're able to make changes on the fly. And those changes aren't going to be um, – like you're dealing with a bunch of inexperienced guys who, as soon as you change it on them, they're, they're going to start freaking out. No, we've been, we've had this system going now for a while, and I, I think it's, it's better prepares us for even something as uh, crazy as what it's been since March. You know what I mean? You know, when that COVID thing happened, we had virtual meetings with our players uh, just to go over stuff. You know, if they weren't doing schoolwork, we set up, we set up virtual meetings on our laptops and they'd get on their phones or their computers and we would sit there and meet, maybe go over some film and things like that. So we were we were still really, really involved leading up. You know, other than the guidelines, other than all other stuff, I feel like we're we're still pretty damn normal. So I'm, I, I guess I'm happy about that and just ready to get to Friday. Yeah, I mean, we know you have a really good group of kids um, at receiver this year. Um, just touching on the team a little bit more before we dive into that. <clears throat> I mean, like you said, you mentioned we don't we haven't had any seven on sevens, any scrimmages, and uh, you know everybody's in the same boat with this with this COVID um, and how everything has taken place. You know, based off of a, a regular year, do you think teams are? you know, maybe a little bit behind the chains compared to a normal year since they don't have any of that experience against other teams? Or is it more of just an unknown going into week one? Uh, it might be both. I think some of them not having scrimmages. I think I think any team not having scrimmages kind of, uh, I mean, it sucks. But you also got to think about this from if uh Program to program, school district to school district. Some school districts are shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, some are delaying the start. And, you know, they some, I mean, I know multiple schools in Ohio that had to shut down for 10 days. So, I mean, I think on a, on a, if you look at, if you look at them or look at the scenarios on an individual basis, yeah, that, that there's going to be, and then you, on top of it, not scrimmaging anybody. Like, listen, I know two different schools that this past Friday, it was thir- this past Thursday or Friday, when we were trying to find scrimmages, we contacted a bunch of people. They weren't even in full pads yet. Wow. And I, those are just two that we spoke to that told us, hey, listen, that would be our second day of pads, and that's not going to be any good for anyone, mm-hmm. for you guys, mm-hmm. for us. So, and I guarantee you, there's a hell of a lot more stories out there that we don't know about or teams are behind the eight ball. Um, and so then it goes into the unknown. Listen, a week before the first game and you're just putting pads on? That's just, I mean, how you don't even know if kids can hit. And you're going to figure it out in about three days? It's a real problem. So um, I, think it, it, I think it depends on how each team or district gets hit with it. Because, let's be honest, it, it's almost... 
um, not inevitable, but it's not a surprise if it happens to a team. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know if every team's taking temperatures like we do. I don't know if every team's splitting their groups up into smaller groups until we hit practice like we do. I don't know. I don't know if every stadium's really going to adhere to the guidelines like we are mm-hmm. because we are. Yeah. And um, that's just the way that it has to be. So it, it's going to be... It's gonna be interesting. I don't. I mean, I don't know how, how many schools are gonna have the plan that, that we have at the high school, which is a really good one, with having halls cleared and things like that, staggering bells. Um, you know, you, you splitting up lunches, putting kids in the gym, having them in the cafeteria, and then switching them so they're they're not all in there together. Like some schools won't. So you listen. You might get hit. I'm not. I'm not even saying we wouldn't. Like these things happen, but. Um, Football-wise, I think it depends on the district, how they've handled it, what their what their guidelines are. Like I said, if we we would it would be a real nightmare if we weren't able to get into pads until last Thursday or Friday. I mean, what do you do? I mean, leading up to that, probably trim it down, go three days a week. You don't have any pads on. You've been throwing a ball around and playing seven on seven against each other since June. Like, what do you? Yeah, so I think it's a mixture of both. It's the stuff, the circumstances, and then it turns into the unknowns based off the circumstances. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of have a question kind of like half formed in my mind. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So when like the scramble came for everybody to like redo their schedules when it came down to like we only have a six-week regular season, mm-hmm. how much did that play into it of like – do we think this school's got a good enough plan that they're going to be there by this week? I have no idea. I had to be honest with you. I wasn't a part of those talks. You know, I think uh, Nate and, and, and Brian and our the rest of our administration, Sal and the school board, you know, I think those were all, you know, that's the, I think that those were all their conversations. I mean, we just, as assistant coaches, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how. What what factors played into those decisions? Um, I am thankful we got six though. I mean, it's better off than hey, you're a green. You don't start playing until October first, and your first game hits, and it's week six, and then next week's playoffs. That's I mean, what are you gonna do? You got to go off of what what? I mean, also it's a good point though. The counties. From you know the, the the health department recommendations, suggestions, stuff like that, and some schools are like, screw it, <laughs> we're not even messing around with it. Hey, let's go all remote learning. Listen, some some people are doing it. You know, I'm thankful where we're at that we've got a nice hybrid option for people. Um, but I tell you this, I truly believe kids need to be in school. I think they need to be in school. You know, they need that normalcy. They need that structure. Um, and it, I think football really proved it over the summer with our kids. We had barely any absences, things like that. Kids were showing up. Um, the other guideline, they had to bring your own water. I believe that's the same on Friday night. You know, they got to have their own jugs. Um, just it's, it's how you, I guess it's how you've handled this. But, yeah, I don't know how those decisions were made. Um, I think we were just trying to make sure 
obviously play McKinley um, and make sure that we all those ones that we already had in place, I think it was just phone calls made to the ones that we had to cancel this year with, like, hey, what's your schedule look like? I, I'm, I'm sitting here assuming what those conversations sound like. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I just don't know how they made those decisions. Kind of while we're on the subject of the schedule, I mm-hmm. guess, since we didn't really get to touch on it, um, mm-hmm. us beforehand, uh, can you kind of just run through it real quick? I mean, we're going to talk about St. Ed's here yeah. uh, in a little bit, but just the, what the rest of the schedule looks like and kind of how we expect those teams to be. So if I have it right, so we start out with St. Ed's, yep. um, and we're going to get into them a little bit more. Uh, the Week 2 game, the Columbus Bishop Sycamore, mm-hmm. from what I understand or – what I've been told, don't quote me on this, that they're sort they're an academy. I don't know if they're OHSA. They're not. Okay. No. Okay. So they're more of like an IMG type they of I, I right. Don't, I don't want to dive into that, it. Is but that the model? They, they, yes. It's a wannabe IMG. Yes. Okay. I have no idea what they are, who they are. I believe they're playing St. V's Week One. I That's what not, I heard today. I haven't seen their schedule, but that'd be interesting it's, to see. It'd be great. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But because to get you know, to get them on film, yeah. I have no idea. So um then week three, Warren Harding. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Warren's gonna have some skill back for sure. They return a lot of starters. Yeah. I mean they're gonna have a lot back. And um after we dumped them twice last year, hey, listen, giddy up. Uh, week four is Benedictine. A lot of guys back. A mm-hmm. lot of skill. They, they've they've kind of brought that, that program back. You know, parochial up there. And then we go Iggy. Um, who, last time I checked, I thought they were shut down until September 8th. Yeah. I, I don't know Are if that's they? been reversed. Last I heard, it was like their first practice week was going to be for us. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, originally, I thought they, they were practicing – Throughout the summer, mm-hmm. and then they, they decided stopped. to go with the October first athletics date, and then I thought that got rescinded. But it, maybe it just got brought back to September eighth, like you're saying. I thought it got rescinded altogether. Not sure, but that was for competitions. I don't know if that actually stopped their practicing or not. I'm not sure. But um, they were they were one of the schools that had one of these weird delays, as, yeah, whereas they, we didn't. They stopped it on their own. I thought yes. Um, I don't think it was a you know mandated thing. I don't think they had any cases. It was just they were one of the schools that decided to push back to October first. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up, um, because I saw it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's when it happened. Um, but again, Iggy, hey, it's Iggy. Yeah, it's Iggy, and then we got our week ten game. Only it's week six. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be lo- loaded. That'll be really good. Good yeah. team. Yes. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I don't, I don't see any uh, off weeks. And guess what? Good. Um, everyone's making the playoffs. You want to be battle tested, and even though there's only six games, six really good games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I, I believe that's what you want. Um, six really good games, really good teams. Yeah, I'm excited. I just want to get to playing. You know get to play and get on that grind when we get like full in season game night and then go you know that's what i'm looking forward to yeah i mean talking about guidelines and how some of these other teams have you know delayed seasons or practices mm-hmm. or uh 
you know, was there any point in time throughout the summer where you guys, you know, maybe had to, um, I don't know how to really, you know, phrase it, but was it ever a big issue, you know, amongst the kids, amongst the coaches? Was there a pressure about the unknown? Will we have a season? What's it going to look like? Yeah. I know it was only yeah. like, it was only like two weeks ago that football got approved. Yeah. I mean, we, I think that was hanging over everyone's head. Looking, you know, looking around the, you know, neighboring counties, looking around the state. Um, yeah, we definitely, uh, we, let's just say this. We were, we, none of us would have been surprised had stuff been delayed or canceled. Wouldn't have been surprised. Just seeing everything else going on around us. Um, we were, I guess, just preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. And let's just keep let's just keep practicing. Let's get these kids ready. Um, yeah, but I think that's in the back of your mind. You know, like maybe we don't have anything. Maybe this all gets shut down. Um, I think everybody in the state was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so and so says this, and so and so knows this. Uh, they're they're going to shut us down next week. You know what I mean? I don't know how many times how many stories I heard on speculation and you just, it was more of, we, we just, we just wanted a clear answer like a yes or a no. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it came down to with all of us on staff. We wanted a yes or a no. Are we having this thing? Are we not having this thing? So we can plan accordingly. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has some extra stress thinking about it. Um, you know, and it also, it sucks thinking that that can happen still and knowing like we're doing the right thing at Maslin. We've been doing the right thing. We are following the protocols. We are wearing the masks. We are doing everything we can to keep everyone safe. Yeah. I think the big 10 thing kind of hit us too, because you saw all those, um, barely any negative, barely any positive tests going around the entire big 10 and all yeah. of a sudden they shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, this could happen. Like, how, I mean, I remember saying, how are we going to play high school football? And Ohio State isn't. Yeah, the the amount of group text that we had going back and forth through the yeah. last couple months, because yeah. every time we heard a rumor, every time somebody said anything, when the Big Ten shut down, um, you know, we, we try to stay hopeful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. You, know, you know, it was hard on us, and we're not the ones that had to show up to practice every day. So... <laughs> You know, I, I can only imagine what it's like, you know, trying to, you know, keep everybody aligned, keep everybody's head straight throughout the entire summer while this was all going on. Yeah, because, you know, you get kids asking, hey, we're going to have a season? Like, guys, I don't know. I think we are. You better prep <laughs> yeah. for it, yeah. I think that's been the biggest thing that, like, everybody's been frustrated with through this entire ordeal is, like, just nobody knows what's going on. Uh-uh. And it's... It seems like a fly by the you know seat of your pants operation where mm-hmm. everybody that has the power to do something either doesn't want to do it or is just straight up making it up as they go along. Yeah, um, yeah, you certainly get that feeling, you know, about about some decisions that have that have been made, and you know, I think the other big thing is you just want transparency in everything that you see, any decision that's made whether that's a decision you like or a decision you don't like, you st- I think it's still a good thing to have transparency with it and to be able to explain the rationale or facts behind it. You know, why? Um, but if you really think about it, 
you really think about it, um, how many guidelines have changed since mm-hmm. March about what to do, about what not to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. From top down, from the you know, from the world yeah. down. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just uh, it's unprecedented, and I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm just glad we are where we are right now. I'm just thankful. Yeah, I mean, we're a couple days away from week one, and, you know, we see a season happening, which is great, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because we didn't always think that was going to happen. So, you know, we we finally got the word that as of right now, we're going to have a season. Mm -hmm. We got to prep for it. That's awesome. You know, there's a lot of different guidelines in place. Um, You know, going back to what you guys were talking about, just, you know, I completely agree that, you know, transparency, that's that's just what people want. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you just need an answer. You know, yes Mm -hmm. or no, tell me why. And, you know, I'll be fine with it. You know, Hank and I have been having arguments all day the last two days over different things. And uh, the biggest issue is transparency. You yeah. Know, we just want to know why. Yeah. Or yes, no, why. And that's it. That That's all we really want to know is, uh-huh. is that is that. And, yeah. you know, that comes down to, you know, everything. And I know everything is kind of last minute right now. You know, everybody's scrambling to try to figure out how they can go by different guidelines. But, mm-hmm. you know, we live in a world, you know, especially with social media, everything is immediate and everybody wants immediate answers. And that's just not something you can always have. No, but, it's instant gratification and everybody's an expert. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everyone is an expert. And don't forget everybody's uncle or niece or cousin or, you know, third yeah. uncle's twice removed roommate from college is knows yeah. somebody who's in the know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes it tough. Everyone too. is an infectious disease expert since March. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody. It's pretty impressive, actually, how many people have read up on all I, of that so quickly. I didn't know so many people had doctorates and that stuff. And, yeah, that's, that's part of it, too. I mean, you just... I'm I, like I said. I'm thankful for where we are at. I'm thankful for our leaders in the district, board, Sal, Nate, our principals. Like they, they Brian, they they have put together really good plans. Jamie Palma, you know what I mean? Like they as thorough of people as you could ever meet, and they put together a great plan. And no plan is perfect, by the way. And I think everyone has noticed this. Um, no plan for this thing has been perfect. You, you can you can you can poke through every single uh, plan. You can poke holes through it and find mm-hmm. stuff. How how are you going to be perfect uh, in an unprecedented time, like a like a like a weird stage of life that we're living in? Like nobody really knows. So I'm thankful to have normalcy in Maslin with our, with our leaders and with our kids. Um, you know, I, I, I know some districts aren't like that. So screw them. Yeah. They're not Maslin. We digress from that and we get into some football talk because that's something that's normal in Maslin and something that's really normal in Maslin is, you know, catching a lot of touchdown passes. <laughs> You know, I think we've had the most ever over the last couple of years in, think? in Maslin history. I do think, yeah. You know, I don't Probably. have to. I don't have to pull it up, but if you want to, I bet it's on MaslinTigers.com. Um, so if you want to, <laughs> I don't think that's going to change this year either. Is where we're going with this. You got a lot of guys coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, would would you mind running through like some of the kids that you might see on the field this year? So I, I'm just going to take you through my most of the guys in my unit. 
I mean, you'll see him Friday. You already know the names. <laughs> yeah. You know him, all right. You already know the names. Um, we, we're really, really blessed. I'm very, very blessed to coach um, all of these guys. I've been really, really happy with them. But I think I've also I also expected to be that way. Um, I expect my guys, you know, this year coming in with this veteran group of, of experienced players um, that know the offense, that know how to line up fast, know how to adjust the stuff on the fly. None of them are ever going to be perfect. All right, you got to accept that, but to still make plays at an elite level, uh, to expect that from one another, I feel like... You know they they've been doing that, um, more vocal than I've had, um, more vocal. So I think we're still pretty quiet, but I do have some energy guys. Um, it's a, it's just a really good mix of kids. Um, I I I'm just really, you know, looking looking into this looking into the off season and everything else like that. Yeah, it was very glaring who I had back. Very glaring. You had to be Captain Obvious to point all that stuff out. Um, but I think it's their work that since we came back, like, we came back, they were hungry. They were so hungry. And and I think that I think that holds true for our entire team. Yeah. Do I expect our guys to catch touchdown passes? Yes, I do. Um, I actually think that we're going to block a lot better this year, too. I think that they've kind of owned that better. Not not to where I wanted to be yet, not even close, um, but better. I think that they've taken it upon themselves to to get better that way, uh, just to get after on the field. Um, and I, I'm excited. You know, I I'm really really excited. <clears throat> without giving too much away, like I'm just excited to go out <laughs> and see him go. Like, let's go, line up, put your best on our best. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see. I want to go against someone. We're going to face really good uh, DBs this year. Love it. That's all I want. Every week, I want to see really good DBs who are physical and get up in our stuff. That's what I want. That's only going to make us better. And I feel like the way that we practiced against each other, or we did f- for a while, when we were split up. That was happening. You know, almost fights getting out happening on the practice field. Um, I feel that same way. I what I what I I'll say this. When we were split up, half and half, I mean, we had some competitive practices where it was nonstop getting after each other. Um, you know, coaches, players, like these kids just want a piece of each other. Put them together now against somebody else and see what happens. See how they all react because now we're going against each other. We ain't go- Now we're going against somebody else. We ain't going against each other no more. Like, we finally get to cut it loose and hit the hell out of somebody else is what I want, is what I want to see. I think we're all hungry for it. You yeah. want to ask me something? Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, Hank was supposed to have the next question, but I just really wanted to jump in. Um, do you think there will be extra energy since this is the first time they're facing someone from a different school? Yeah. Compared to normal years yes. where you have scrimmages and seven-on-sevens? Yes. Listen, our kids get hyped anyway. They do. Our kids get jacked up, ready to go. They're masculine kids. They want to. They want to hit you in the mouth. They want to. They want to. 
They want to beat you in a race. They want to do. They, they want to go beat you, and they want to beat your ass. It's always it's the way it's been. You take all this stuff that has happened. We've had no no preview with anybody else. We've had nothing, and we finally get to just go against somebody else. Yes. Now, do I think you got to pull the reins back if they get too? Juiced up? Yes, a little bit. If they're out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Our kids are going to be ready to rock. And so is St. Ed's, by the way. But I know our kids just, uh, they're going to be so juiced up. They just, that, that, I mean, it, it gets me excited thinking about it. Uh, they're, they just want to hit the hell out of somebody. They want to go compete with the guys they've been training with for months. You know, just sweating, puking, everything. Waking up. I mean, our camp days, we were, we were, Five days a week, you know what I mean. Like we 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 were non-stop grinding, and we were so hoping for a scrimmage on Friday to try to get somebody. There, there were at least five schools we called, and like we don't have a scrimmage, but we're just not going to scrimmage you. Why? What, what is your? What is the hell is your problem? Why wouldn't you <laughs> want a scrimmage? You're get, you're making the playoffs. A scrimmage doesn't even count towards anything, let alone a game for that matter. What do you don't want to prep your team? What are, what, are, what, are we, what are we doing? Like, oh, I was so disappointed when I heard when I heard that. Um, like, yeah, coach, we're we're just gonna we're, we're not gonna scrimmage. What? What? What are you doing to yourselves? So that yeah, I think even more now, it's our kids are just gonna we'll be floating on Friday. <laughs> we're just be floating. We floating just ready to rock. Um, I guess my question is kind of dying down the energy a little bit. Um, you know, we've seen Andrew Wilson Lamp taking snaps at corner last year. Uh, kind of your whole starting receiving core taking snaps on defense last Friday at the scrimmage that we got to watch from the Hill. Um, and we projected on our last episode, you know, guys starting at defense or at least getting a lot of playing time. And that's different from what we've seen in the past where it's kind of, at least with your guys, it's been more just strictly the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you deal with that any different? Because, I mean, calling four verts six plays in a row is a lot different when the receivers have fresh legs rather than, you know, just spending the entire you gotta tr- I guess you got to treat it uh, if that comes to fruition and guys play both ways on Friday nights. Um, I think you have to be coordinating with that other position coach. Um, hey, so-and-so is gassed. Can I can can I break him? Especially first half. Especially first half. Let's let's get him to halftime. Take him out for a play. What if it's third down? Go. You know, go get your sip and go. Um But when it when we get down to it's nut cutting time, that goes out the window. Um I think it's just about communicating with each other uh, as coaches and also prepping that way for in practice. I feel like, I really feel like I'm too deep everywhere in terms of knowing guys, knowing their place in some, uh, a couple positions, three deep that can go in, they're going to play good ball. Okay. Um, and that's where you have to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word. What the word is. Get creative with it. Um, kind of let your, kind of let Trox know. Like, hey, so and so's in here. 
just remember this, but you rep them during the week. You meet with them. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you, you you treat it a little bit different in terms of when can we break them. Hey, can we give, can we give them a, a, a sip of water during special teams? Can they come off? You know, and, and Jar does a good job of that because, you know, Coach Jarvis coaches the same guys that I coach, and so does Coach Hack, you know, being the DBs. So you have to gauge how your guys are doing because if usually we're on a headset and we're talking uh, about offense stuff, I can still watch the game at the same time and see if a guy is, is dragging and be like, okay, I got to put this kid in next. You know, and that's happened. That's happened plenty of times in my career. Um, yeah, I don't foresee it being an issue. Just got to handle a little bit different. Yeah, we know you have a real experienced group at receivers this year. Um, how is that, you know, tailored how you, you know, treat your practices? I mean, is it going to be different than last year with the guys being a little bit more experienced? Can you get into different things that they already know the offense? Or, yeah. uh, you know, is it still kind of the same? Are you talking about an X's and O's thing? Or are you talking about how I treat them at practice? You know, just individually dealing with the kids. Well, I think individually, all of them had different personalities. So, yes, you treat those kids differently. You held, you hold them to the same expectation, but you may approach it a little bit um, a little bit differently. Some guys are more cerebral. You want to give them a, an X's and O's thing, a tip, stuff like that. Some guys might need you to chew their ass a little bit. Um, some guys may not. They have that internal drive and are always going, and you got to kind of like calm them down because they're so focused and, and um, they always want to get after it. So I think if it comes to – uh, treat them as a whole. I think I've been more of a dick this year. Um, uh, but I tell them why. There's a lot of expectations. I better, they know I love them. Well, every single one of them. And that's why I can get away with, mm-hmm. you know, calling somebody out. But I, you have to have the, that relationship with the player. Um, you can't just go at a player's neck. You know nothing about. You don't know how they are. You're just, you just want to randomly yell at somebody. It's not how I roll. And I don't – I'm not usually screaming on the practice field. I'm not one of those guys. I'm more of like a meeting if I get pissed about something. And it's usually a little thing. Not a little thing, but a big thing. But it's a bunch of little things that add up to something big, like not paying attention as I'm talking, uh, things of that nature. Um, I, don't, I don't scream about – I never scream about drop balls. It's always a technique thing to me, because if I if I'm going to scream at a wide receiver, then I'm always going to think about catching the rock. Is my experience. I'm sure other guys do it differently, but I feel like all they're just going to think about catching the ball. Their route's going to suck, and they become erratic, and they're focused on their hands, and they'll run with their hands out and look stupid instead of just running and being natural. Um, I always talk about a technique. With, with catching the football because a lot of times you look at it, it's their eyes. Nothing to do with their hands. They can all catch the ball. It's all, always almost always their eyes. They want to throw their hands out but also look up the field. I don't do that. You know what I mean? You can get away with it sometimes, but you're inconsistent. 
you know, we always talk about securing the catch. You secure the catch before anything else, okay? Um, because at the very least, you're getting the ball right there and you're getting your yards wherever you caught it. Now, from there, go make a play, but you secure it, you tuck it. I think that um, in terms of X's and O's and what we can do with them, we can do a lot more. Um, we're able to line them up. Our offense, thankfully, gets us in a position where we can put guys in different spots. Um, and you, you teach the assignments as, uh, as a whole. Number one has this. Number two has this. I do a numbered thing with it. You know, I don't ever say Z always has this. Y always has this. H, no. Because at any certain time, Y can be number one or number two. H can be number one, number two, number three. Z can be number one, number two, number three. X can be number two. You know what I mean? Like, it, you have to teach it like that. So, I am lucky. Now, listen, you still go in on Monday when you put something new in. It's going to take a couple days before guys start running it fast. You know, the biggest thing. We might do different stuff on the perimeter in terms of lining guys up or motioning guys. We want the same read. We want the read to be the same for the quarterback. You know what I mean? So no matter who, who's lined up where, quarterback knows the concept. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. I didn't mean to go off the rails there, but. Well, I mean, I kind of had a question, like, sitting in my head all day, actually, about that. Um, mm-hmm. It's we were talking off air a little bit about like at least in the run game drawing up stuff for a game specific opponent or just even like get something on film that you might not necessarily run a lot but or at all just to make another team prepare for say say that again i'm sorry so like we're talking about running or like installing a run play for a specific opponent uh-huh. or running a run play just to get it on film to make the other coach another team see it have to prepare for it even though it's not something you're ever really going to run is that something you ever do at all in the passing game no. uh nothing no i i know what you're saying mm-hmm. because i think i mean we've i've had those conversations before but when it comes to the pass game i don't think that that we put stuff in just to have it on film because there's so much there's so much involved in the timing and the reps that if we're going to put this on film just to put it on film now you can do that in scrimmage all right that's what scrimmage is for great okay let's let's do this if it doesn't work it doesn't work okay but a uh, game if you think about it, you could just be wasting a rep on offense. If if that's just your purpose, and if you're gonna, we we want stuff to be run that we can invest time into. That's gonna be productive, and if it isn't productive by Tuesday, that shit ain't getting run. You know, we want to get back to something on Wednesday because our offense is very vast in terms of the formations, um, the personnel. And even if you throw a wrinkle in there, it still needs repped. You know what I mean? It's it, it it still needs repped. And any vertical routes, in my opinion, whether it's a tweak to a vertical route or anything, that needs repped because we got some juice. Those guys can run. And 
you, you have to, we had to figure out how to time it up the right way. I know what you're saying. Because I was at Columbia, and my head coach did that. Hey, let's run this. Mm-hmm. And we ran triple option veer, okay, almost exclusively. But we would jump in the spread for like 10 plays. And the first half would be kind of a struggle. We'd run a little bit of veer, blah, blah, blah. We'd run all this crap. A, it'd be on film for the next week. B, they'd have to adjust to it quarter, every quarter or at halftime. And then guess what we did in the second half? Ran a lot of veer. <laughs> and it, his idea was, let's put this on film. Oh, so listen, some of it worked. Whatever. We're a small school. We could run a lot of different things. And the more time they had to prepare for this is less time they, they prep for the veer. So I get it. I, I, I get the rationale. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about before. You know, we've had people mention about, you know, the biggest way to disrupt uh, disrupt another team's prep is to give them extra stuff to practice for. You know, you take away their practice time, and that's really valuable time. Uh, at the same time, you don't want to take away your own practice time. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to what you said earlier, I, I love the fact that you guys do things conceptually. You said you do things off a number system, whereas when I played at was that never happened Mm -hmm. um you know we knew our one specific route to run and that was it we didn't get to really mix things around very much you know one year we wore wristbands that just told us what route to run we didn't even know what play we're running Mm -hmm. all we knew was oh run slant um which you know made things interchangeable but we had no idea what the concept was um, which i think hurts overall um you know but one last question what i what i had last time about your experience group do you ever find it to where, you know, maybe some of the drills you were doing or some of the things that you want to implement is, you know, your kids already know it, they've already mastered it, or is it a lot of just fundamental stuff that needs to be repped no matter how good you are? I think a little bit of both. So you you definitely still want to rep um, some fundamental things. One of my fundamental things is I have shoots for the receivers. They're single shoots. And so every time we do stance start, they have to get low and they have to fire out the shoots. That's one of those things. So trying to stand up too tall. Yet, if you see us, I I want them to do that. Um, I want them to work footwork when we go together and we do 90s and we do foot fires and we do 45s. Um, basic things with that. Um, I think we still do that. But then I'll... I do like finding new stuff that is applicable to games. You know what I mean? Um, and I'll, I'll try it out. I'll start drilling it. We'll do it. Um, that's where you kind of go and you get some professional development. You go look stuff up. You watch a clinic. You do those things, and you might pick something up. You might not. I've seen plenty of horrible clinics, but I've, I've picked up plenty of good things. Um I also have to think of it this way when it comes to summer camp days. I'm not just working with my veteran guys. You know what I mean? Like, we're sprinkled in there because we're split up half and half. I want those fundamentals to be in my younger guys, too, to be able to kind of grow them, you know, mature them with those things. Uh, We've had so much development of those guys. I'm really excited about the groups I have coming up. I got to be dead honest with you. I'm not looking at the future right now, like hoping for the future. Like I'm really blessed where I am right now, but I can see what's happening at that level. 
uh, those younger groups, and it's it's good. So you 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 want to still drill fundamentals because that's the basics of the game. You still want to talk about certain fundamental things. You want to keep harping on them. You know, we never do anything stationary. By the way, is one of the things that I do. We never do stationary catching. Mm-hmm. Never. No matter what drill we do, we are coming out of a break catching or we are running in place and catching. Running in place because what that does is when you're running, what happens to your eye level? It changes. You know what I mean? It changes. So you never want to just stand there and catch a ball and not be moving. You know what I mean? You want your arms moving because some guys won't, won't, won't run with their arms and they'll throw them out. You know what I mean? It's just like all those things that kind of um, I guess build up to catching a football with their feet and their hands and their eyes. So yeah, drill fundamentals always. We'll still drill fundamentals now. That's what we do. Um, I also know we run so much in a practice. Like we run their legs off. There's so many posts and verticals we do and routes on air, team focus, team pass, team. I run those cats. So you have to be careful. So you want to get to Hey, we get a water break here. We still we have one-on-one sessions, you know, against the DBs. Like we are constantly running. So those individual sessions, most of the time, it's it's stuff that isn't going to be. Uh, it's going to be low impact on legs. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think we're getting a little bit late into the podcast without talking about St. Ed's. So we're going to take a quick break for a sponsor. And then okay. get into our week one opponent. Okay. Hey, Tiger fans. I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger Dr. Ben Doring at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center, proud supporter of all things Maslin. Well, Bass, come back on the way for St. Edwards. Lakewood St. Edwards gets out here. I may be a purple and gold mask because I'm going to represent Lakewood High School. But then go down to Simon Says. I don't think they have purple and gold masks. That would be Jackson. We don't do that here in Maslin here, folks. It's fourth down and three. Goal line. The ball's going to go up in the air. Then my mask kind of broke the last time. I went to Howard's Tiger Rag, so I had to go to Simon Says and get it fixed. There you go. And our week one opponent uh, is Lakewood St. Edwards. Um, you know, so just jump into it real quick. You know, a little segment I wanted to add in this year, every week. Uh, this opponent in history, you know, it's sponsored, you know, um, powered by MassonTigers.com. That's where I'm getting all my information from. You know, St. Ed's, we played them five times. We've won three. We've lost uh, two. The last time we played them was 
05 in the playoffs. You know, I, I bet a lot of people remember that game. Um, St. Ed's a perennial powerhouse. They were Division One champs in 2010, 2014, 2015, 2018. Um, you know, something that Hank and I were talking about off air here, Kale. I remember scrimmaging St. Ed's in 2011, my senior year. And uh-huh. I think, and then Hank said he remembered scrimmaging them. I know th- they've been a team we've been have. Was there ever a break in there, or have we been scrimmaging them every single year since 2011? Okay, 2011. I know we did now, it. Now, were there three scrimmages, or were there only two? Because I want to uh, say... That wasn't a game situation scrimmage. That was like we did some one-on-ones. We did some like offensive series. And that was different when there were two scrimmages. I think I I gotta be honest. I would really have to look that up because we scrimmaged them. Oh Lord! The last couple of years, at least, right? I thought we scrimmaged them sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I could be wrong because I swear Nate's first year we scrimmaged Moeller for the third scrimmage. We scrimmaged Moeller. I know that. I just don't know what number it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... I'm a little off there. I forget. I, that seems like a long time yeah, ago. I mean, I remember doing it my senior year. Hank said he remembers his senior year. Maybe, maybe not. That's maybe, nice. maybe not. I just wasn't sure if there was a small break in there or not. But, I mean, definitely we've been scrimmaging them the last couple of years at least. So, I mean, it's something we, we're familiar with. Um, you know, we've been playing them in scrimmage. It's not, a, it's not a full game, but, you know, it's been a lot of game simulation type of stuff. Um, perennial powerhouse. You don't really need to dive into that too much. Everybody knows about St. Ed's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Hank, if you want to get into a little bit more specifically about them and their roster this year. Uh, their roster this year. Well, let me see. Oh, roster from you. Weird thing to kick to me, but okay. Go for it. Um, their O-line, uh, the coaches are real high on... I guess really everybody, um, most of them that they just assume are kind of starting from you know last year. That they yeah, there's saw a lot, JV. definitely unknowns. Yeah, when it comes to scouting this year, a lot of unknowns. Um, I think one thing Coach Moore in the Booster Club meeting on Monday was real adamant about was that um, Thomas Aden, Aden, whatever the right tackle, um, he's their best O lineman, one of the best uh, players on their team. Overall, real stacked O line got a couple tight ends they usually like to run it a wing set kind of like how we'd have a i think he's back. a two-way player yeah yeah he plays some defensive line as well yep he uh, rotates in a little bit of defensive line mm-hmm. um so that could be something you know look for him to get maybe a little bit gas later in the game uh tight ends they run like kind of a spread set almost like we do three dedicated wide receivers uh tight end where we keep more of a fullback <clears throat> traditionally uh, running backs, the number six, Malachi Watkins, he's a senior. Uh, he's bolded on here. I guess they're real high on him. You know, got good vision, speed, everybody else, no film on him. Wide receivers, uh, the one guy, the Broden Bostwick, number 19, former QB. That's something, those guys are kind of know the offense as a whole. You know, maybe you can be a little more savvy. Wasn't got beat out at the position he was mm-hmm. originally at, but that can offer you some advantages when you go to a different position group. Their quarterback, uh, number four, Christian Ramos, we watched some you know highlights of him when he was playing JV. Coach Moore's real high on him. He's athletic, keeps his eyes downfield when he runs. He's got a good arm, but I saw a lot of uh, 
late crossbody throws over the middle, which is like the cardinal no-no of playing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he that was last year as a sophomore on JV. Um, you know, he's a junior this year, doesn't really have a lot of varsity experience at all, but he's he's what they project to be the future. Um, they think he's a really good player, just hasn't have the experience yet. Um, you know, we watched a little bit of, you know, some stuff about St. Ed's during the offseason. I forget who, but a media member went in, interviewed the coach, interviewed some of the players, and they were talking about how they think he has really high potential. Uh, he's a really good runner that, you know, he has the arm ability. He is a baseball player. He's able to sling the rock around. It just comes down to, you know, how comfortable he's going to be in the offense, how comfortable he is dealing with the defense. But, you know, definitely a kid that has the capabilities to be great, and they expect him to be. But this is just going to be his first game starting. So you you never know um, with that kid as well. I, I think when you're touching on the receivers, they, they have some talent there. But I don't believe any of them are returning starters. They don't have any returning players at receiver. Um, but they definitely have the talent there. Um, I think the strong point about their team is they, they have an established big offensive line. And, you know, being a fundamental team like you know what yeah. they do i would imagine they're going to try to use that a lot uh i know you know we were all talking about especially kale was talking about what they are offensively just kind of touch on a little bit before i know you're, you're offensively offens- or defensively so you're an offensive guy i'll let you speak on their defense more in depth but just kind of real quick touch um, on their from, offense uh, from from what i remember you know Lombardo is a hell of a coach um, runs a really good system. If you remember, he was a head coach when he was at Medina Highland yep. that beat us. Yeah, we remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. We, we, even being riddled with injuries, we still should have played well enough to win that game, and we didn't. Um, but he had a good game plan. You know, he knew his strengths, and that's what he does there. I mean, that year that we felt pretty good about him, and we did a nice job. 2018, we kind of, I think it was like 24-7 at half. We were up. Um, which no one expected that. They wanted to win the state title that year and, like, blow out Coleraine. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, develops his players. Uh, from what I remember, obviously, they want to run the football. They want to run the football. They want to run the football. I believe there's some RPO stuff mixed in. From what I remember, watching them on offense. And, again, again, uh, audience, I don't watch a whole lot of the opposing team's offense. Especially right now with what's happening. I just don't. Um, I think they run a lot of jet stuff where they read uh, either a backer, a a three-tech, or an end and want to run a little bit of that read power game. Um, And they run some good crossing routes, some play action stuff, backs out of the backfield, uh, running up up hashes, things of that nature. Uh, He's got good concepts. Um, They're going to be very well coached. They're going to be very well coached, and they're going to have very good players um, on offense and on defense. You know, I mean, that's what you know, that's my basic offensive breakdown for them. Um, Rob, I'll let you rattle through the defensive roster before we let uh, sure Coach Miller here break down what they are defensively. Uh, so starting with the defensive line, uh, you know, they got one guy that stands out, Traden Bixby. He's 6'5", 245. He's a junior. Um, I think he played some as a sophomore. We got some notes on him. He's an ex. He's got excellent hands. Um, he wasn't just the m- biggest physical guy last year. Is, is kind of how it's noted down. But you know he's got a year of growth. 
He's a year older. Um, everybody kind of looks to him on that defensive line as being the guy at 6'5", 245. So, you know, expect him to make some make some plays. Caden uh, Castro, Casto, defensive tackle, 6'2", 255. Um, another defensive tackle, 6'1", 260. Um, and then, like we talked about, that offensive tackle that goes ba- both ways, 6'2", 285. Is there a Calhoun as well? Yeah, Charles Calhoun. He's a senior They're defensive high end. Uh, he played varsity last year. He's an athlete, six two two twenty. You know, so they don't have any of those just huge college run stopping defensive guys that are three twenty, three forty. Uh, their biggest guy is two sixty. If you don't count the offensive lineman that goes both ways, who's two eighty five. Um, but you know they're going to be you know strong up front. You know they're going to be coached very well um you know getting into the linebackers a little bit more they go 185 220 200 um the big name in the linebacker core is cj hankins um he's labeled as the best player i don't know if that's just best player on the defense or best player on the team in general but you know kid's a stud um i forget where but he he just committed to a d1 school like a week or two ago i saw it on twitter i forget which school it was but he he just committed d1 um you know he's definitely somebody that disrupts a game um, we've seen that, you know, on film the last couple of years with him. Um, with their safeties, um, I don't believe uh, e- neither of them started last year. You got Hayden Rice, who's a junior, and Dominic Sidari, who's also a junior, 5'8", 160, 6'1", 195. Um, they're both juniors, uh, so they don't have the experience coming back from last year. Um, one of the strongest points in their secondary is going to be Jalen Castleberry, a senior corner. He's six foot one eighty, and uh, you know he, he's a really good player. You know we expect him to press receivers a lot. Mm-hmm. He's got good feet and good hands. That's what's on the paper here. Uh, just just an all around good player. And you know if if a corner is going to press players a lot. He's got to be pretty good because it's easy to get beat in the press if you're not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and his younger brother, Joel Castleberry, we project to be the other corner. He played JV last year. He's a year younger. He's a junior, six foot one seventy. Um, you know, but his older brother is definitely good. So you can kind of project that he might also be good, but a year behind. Um, so what can you tell us? You know, maybe a little bit more in depth or conceptually what they are as a defense. Um, you know, traditionally that four-man front, three backers, uh, base cover four. And I like to call it cover four press. Um, it's kind of what they do. So it's they're, they're, they're just matched. You know what I mean? It might as well be man. Um, they, they, they're very multiple on the back end. Um, that's their base. They want to stay too high um, uh, and have really aggressive safeties, make you make the, the hard throws on the outside. Um, that are that are low percentage throws compared to the other ones. Uh, they want their they want their backers to be aggressive. Their D line uh, will be really sound, really good with their hands. Um, you know, go, going off of what they what they have done before, we we've seen an odd front with them. They've shown odd front in different films. I think last year versus Menor, they were exclusively odd. I think it was like a three-three stack or three-four. I mean, they were they were odd almost the entire time because. But men are always spread. Um, now back end wise, cover four press. They'll run straight quarters. Okay, 
they'll run a little bit of quarter quarter half so cover two on one side where they'll cloud it and cover four on the other side um they will run cover three and blitz but they will show press and at the snap of the ball roll down and those guys that snap the ball at corners who are pressed up will open and run they're really good at disguising it uh they want they want you to get into a rush type of play um, they will also play cover one where they will press the outside receivers and then play the play the inside um, slot nickel guys about seven yards off and play that middle high safety. Uh, I believe more to stop that four verts look with the seam balls. You know, they can kind of pick them up from there and then they can drive on out routes and stuff like that. Um, their prevent look is like a like a three deep. Um, two under two, they'll squat their corners and play three deep, and then they'll they'll joker somebody and bring three linemen and drop a and, and drop a backer really deep. Um, you you get in that situation, it's really hard to pass the ball on them. It really is. Sometimes you can get them into that. I've seen them get into that in like third and seven. Um, and I label it I label it prevent. Yeah. But I believe they they do it for different purposes. But if it's a if it's late in the game or the half and you got to go far, they're gonna get into that. I was gonna say third and seven is a weird down to get. Into I that saw him do it against Menor. Really? And then Menor went bunch quads mm-hmm. with the running back lined up at number one. They clouded it because they squat the corner and they threw the whole shot to the running back for a first down. <laughs> Damn. Hell, some, play call. That's a little chess match right there. Yeah. So. They're going to be really gap sound. They are going to be. Um, they're going to have a great plan. You know, it's going to come down to execution for us. It's going to come down to countering some of the things that they do. And when I believe when it comes to the perimeter stuff, they're not like you talked about Castleberry being very good pressing. Yes, he is, but he's even he's even he's even better pattern reader. Um, they're very very good at that. You know, and then, but it's all those little things that you see that you know teams are well coached when they do. It's the press bail at the snap of the ball. They're getting out. They know exactly where they're going. Um, it's the way their DBs, their corners are very good. And it's not even a physical press. It's a kind of retreat and let you make a move and then squeeze you press. They're going to squeeze you down the line. But they're not just going to come out and just start hitting you in the chest. You're going to get a release, but you better be able to get your, to get their hips turned in your route because if you're just running a straight vertical, they will retreat and squeeze at the same time, and all of a sudden you're closed off. If you Where they're going to get physical is if you immediately re- release inside and they will put both hands on you and try to ride you right in the middle of the field. Um, they're very good at it. You have to switch up your releases on how you stack them on the perimeter. I'm talking about in that press, that cover four press situation. Um, and you had to you had to scheme them a little bit. You know, uh, we had guys behind them last year. We did. Uh, and there were other times where they got us. They stuck us, you know, well, because they're, they're good. They're, they're going to be well coached. Um, that linebacker in the middle, he's a hell of a player. Hell of a player. I saw him take down Mayan Williams and stone him multiple times versus Winton Woods last year. Yeah, and that kid was tough to bring down. And he lit him up. 
multiple times, just one-on-one tackles. Okay, um, hell of a player. He comes like a missile. You know, they're gonna have smart blitzes. They're gonna have a good game plan for us. But just like us looking at them, they're still looking at us, and they're looking at 2019. So this game may change as it goes on, and both of us adjust. They're going to make adjustments. We're going to make adjustments. That's why we, we both have really good staffs. Um, I think also you got to look at you look at turnovers. You got to look at penalties. Um, the other thing that sucks about not scrimmaging, we can try to make it as game like as it is. But you and I, us three know that adrenaline starts rushing. You come out, you start hitting. Well, then you you really get the conditioning factor in there. How well conditioned are you? Which at the beginning of the year, it tends to happen to every team. That adrenaline just takes so much extra out of you. And now we have the best conditioning program, I think, in the state of Ohio, if not the country, as Coach Studer. But yet, you still gotta you still gotta know how to manage that. Um, guys might be going out with cramps. I hope it's them. You know, I hope it's them. I think we do a hell of a job conditioning, but all those factors go into it. Um, we're both looking at last year's game film because there's literally no film for right now. We're not sending practice film to each other. You know, uh, it's 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 gonna be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be stressful shit because, you know, it's just the way it is. But it's going to be fun getting out there with your boys. And I'm talking about my boys, the coaches, my players, getting out there with your kids and just fighting. But keeping them focused on the job. What's your job? Focus on your job. I'm probably telling them the same damn thing. But X, X and O's wise, we are going to see, if we're looking at a base, we're looking at that four-man front. Um we're looking at it really sound defensively, reading keys, uh, certain blitzes at certain times. Now, they, they just did an article. The defensive coordinator was interviewed. He's like, we, we're going to have a different look of a defense. Okay. Then we're going to have to adjust. You know, if it, if they come out and, they, and, and it's a different look, then that's fine. But you also got to think this. We're kind of going off of what we've done in the past – against them in, in a scrimmage, and then also what um, they're going off our films, which looks different, because we don't ever bring everything into a scrimmage. Um, it's like something you want to yeah. have certain things you want to work yeah. on and see how it looks against yeah. somebody that doesn't know what's oh, going on. Oh, it's, now it's game time. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that there's – there's, and I'm sure they do the same thing. They do. I mean, we saw them in different stuff. Uh, versus other teams. So, be interesting. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to these guys. Yeah, so when you were describing how their defensive backs kind of play their coverage, it, it changed my question a little bit. Um, but I know that when teams press, you know, that can just be a really big hassle at teams. You know, some teams just, just can't handle it. But, I mean, it's something that we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. periodically over the last couple of years. And it takes a great team to do that against us. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, our guys got to beat their guy. 
Mm-hmm. But conceptually, you know, do you think it's it's more on, you know, working releases, working concepts, or do you do you try to move guys around so you bunch up guys so they can't get pressed off the line? I, I know you said it doesn't really press press off the line, but when you when you bunch kids up and you move them around, does does that really hurt the defense how they want to do their coverage? Yes. All right. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do the theory uh now nah, listen. Um, I mean, that, that's nothing. That's no new concept. Just, it's, yeah. not, it's not groundbreaking. No, I'm but, just no. being a jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the original part of your question was how to beat the press. How, do you work presses with concepts? Because I think you, I'm trying to break your. I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying like, to break your question down. Uh, like I work. What do you think we've done the last two weeks officially? Works so much man releases. We have. Um, I think that when it comes to going against pattern readers mm-hmm. and they want to give you cushion, I think that we are at the point um, as a unit where we recognize that and stem really well. Um, but... We know as an offensive staff, I know as a wide receivers coach, that working against man-to-man press um, gets you ready for the long run. And so that's drilled. When it comes to, you were talking about, then you kind of brought in concepts. Mm-hmm. Yes, we... When it comes to concepts, depending on the concept, you do have to look at the matchup and take everything else out, depending on the concept. Mm -hmm. Um, Certain concepts, you don't. You still want to go through progressions. You still want to be able to just straight up read because at the end of the day, you still want to be able to line up and say, "Uh, I want that matchup. That's who I'm taking. I know what they've been in. I know what they're going to be in. Does that does that answer some of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, ultimately, I was saying that. And you, yes, you can you, move guys around. Like I, I kind of referenced earlier, offensively, the beauty of our offense is to be able to all four positions can be in a different spot, and that's how we teach the one has this, two has this, front side of the play, back side of the play. So, yeah, you can you can manipulate the pieces. And where they line up, um, and then go from there. If that becomes an issue, yeah, I, I think the issue was, uh, you know, what I asked was not a great question. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, obviously you can't change your entire game plan just because of how somebody's going to cover you. No. You still got to be able to run your plays. You got to beat their guys. But at the same time, you might be able to manipulate a few things to give you an advantage. 100%. Or you go one way versus the other. And and that goes against any coverage, I'm sure. Um, I guess it just wasn't a great question because I didn't leave you you any room to answer. Um, But I I think I was kind of getting into, you know, are we leaning more towards just beating them man out or any team that does something like that versus conceptually. But I think, I think you gave a great answer um, as good as there was to my question. So uh, go ahead, Hank. So great answer to a horrible question and an even worse throw to me. Perfect. I got, I got to put you on it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 
I, I got nothing else as far as San Ez goes. I mean, if you have anything else you want to add real quick. Uh, no? Uh, you know, I think I've said it a few times. I'm just really happy to be where we are. I love the fact that it's Wednesday. It's week one. I'm here at the podcast, and we're talking Mass and Tiger football and what's going to happen in two damn days. Um. You take everything else out. You take everything else out that's going on outside. You take all this COVID uh, shit and you throw it to the wayside. And our kids are here to play. You know what I mean? Like we're here to coach. And it has been such a long road, it seems, Mm -hmm. to get here. And so I think that there's like... It's that light that you didn't know was on before earlier in the summer or in the spring. You didn't know what was going to happen, and now we're here, and we want to protect that. You know, we really want to protect that because um, it's just we're very blessed to be where we're at. I'm very thankful to be where we are at. I want to go out there. I want to kick somebody's ass. Our kids want to do the same. But it's not just going to happen. It's going to be, a, it, I think it's going to be a hell of a ball game on Friday. And we're going to have to face some adversity. And I hope you put them in some adverse situations. You know, uh, it's, it's our first test, both of us. Yeah, like you said, we got Madison Tiger football this Friday. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you're watching it at. Yep. It doesn't matter what the entire situation is. Mm-hmm. We have Maslin Tiger football this mm-hmm. Friday. Yes. And I think everybody's just pumped about the juice. There's no words to describe like how we feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm stoked beyond words um, for there to be a season, for there to be a game Friday. You know, whether I'm watching on TV or, you know, if I'm reading about it in the newspaper the day, next day. You know, I would trade having any form of watching the game yes. for it to happen. Hey, let's live in La La Land for a second. Let's go. Let's go to Pleasantville yeah. and say a vaccine comes out. Absolutely. And, yes. And it's in time for week ten. Let's go at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Let's just let's just live that dream for about two seconds. I've been thinking and about think it about that for a yep. year now. You know, because you have to think positive during this. People have to think positive. They have to keep going about their daily business. They have to be positive. Um. And so, yeah, you can think about those things. It's okay to think about those things. You know what I mean? You got to live in your small world. Mm-hmm. You really, really do. You got to make a difference in someone's life and multiple people's lives every day as best you can. That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna get us through a ton of the shit that's going on. You know what I mean? I tell you, in Maslin, I tell you right now, in Maslin, these kids love each other. They love the community. The community loves them, and and that's why we're here. You know, we want to go get after it. And and, and our kids have been, uh, especially last week, just laser focused on it. They've been really into it. Um, and so it's it, like, it, yeah, like we said, hey, it's football tire. I mean, it's, it's football Friday this Friday. So let's go cut it loose. You know, let's go hit somebody in. The, all right. I'm not going to cuss. Let's go hit somebody in the mouth. You know what I mean? Let's go down there. Let's go kick somebody's ass together. You know, let's get let's go get in a dog fight and see who comes out. 
And that's what's got to be. And you focus on that. You know what I mean? You stay positive with it. You're just going to, I don't know. So that's my feeling. Those are my feelings. You know, it's just been built up and built up and built up. And we're here. Let's damn go, as Coach Trox says. Let's damn go. Mm-hmm. We're all juiced up for Friday. Uh, coming down the home stretch here. You know, we've had you here for a while, Kale. We just got two questions to knock out real quick. And then we'll. But there's only one I was getting. When? Well, yeah, only, this only one thing. Only one that you know about. The other one. Jesus. All right. Listen, the other one's not hard. Um, so, um, you know, like you would have heard during the commercial break earlier, you know, we do have some people that are kind of sponsoring the show this this year. Um, so one of the big things is we, we normally do rapid fire questions. I mean, you, you're used to that. Um, Hank and I don't have very many rapid fire questions. We so you not, guys didn't prepare. We did not. That's what, that's what's ha- that's what you're not, telling me right now. No, the well is shallow for good rapid fire questions. <laughs> no, well, we, we knew we were just going to keep you too long. Coming we here, didn't want to. It's a Mickey Mouse operation going on. No rapid fire. You know, hey, so. that, those two are very like just because it's a Mickey Mouse operation does <laughs> not mean we we can we be prepared, prepared and run a Mickey Mouse operation. Yeah. Like I don't know where you got that from, but uh, you know the well was a little bit dry here. Uh, so instead of a rapid fire question, we, we just have one singular question that we're gonna do, we're gonna do rapid fire style. Okay, and, and it's brought to you by FW Renner and Sons. You know they're sponsoring this segment, um, and it's gonna be you know this rapid fire question. And we we have one specific question for you, brought to you by FW Renner and Sons. What is your favorite local eatery? Favorite? What's your local favorite eatery. local eatery? <sighs> not chain. Local. Not not chain in in the local area. Absolutely. Want me to be honest? Yes. Eastside Krauss's. Good answer. It kind is. Of, kind of expected it, but good I was answer. I was West Side. Yeah. Hey, I was West Side. This is now my holy hell. This is now going to be year eleven. This like Ooh. football. So I was West Side for a while. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of years, I started going because of convenience. It was closer to the high school on game days. I fell in love with it. East Side. I I I tried West Side in the spring just to see if I still <laughs> liked it. Compared to East Side, yeah, no, not no. the same, huh? Nope, East Side, East Side crosses all the way. It, you know, it's okay. We all have bad opinions. That's okay. I think yeah. it's a great. That's opinion. okay. And you know, just just to specify here, because we've had people confused. Yeah. Yeah. West Side Krauses is on Lincoln Way in Maslin. East Side Krauses is on Amherst in Maslin. We're not talking about the one in Perry, or no. Canton, or Navarre. They're both in Maslin. We're talking about the ones yep. in Maslin. Lincoln Way in Maslin, Amherst in Maslin. East Side versus West Side. And you are outvoted right now, Hank. Well, he's only a guest. Uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you that West Side isn't phenomenal because it is. I just now think East Side is better. <laughs> I mean, I think the base like of the entire argument is they're both phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great places. It's just West Side is better, and you two are both wrong. I had Krause's the other night for the first time in, like, two months. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. I hadn't gone, hadn't done nothing. My right. kids love it. My boys, they love that double crust. Hey, do- double crust, double cheese, double pep, well done. Well done. You got to toast it a little bit longer. You got to get it well done. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. You know what else I like? A small cheese pizza from there. Yeah. Yep. Uh. If I'm by myself, 
Small cheese, legit. No protein on that at all? No, and usually I'm a pepperoni guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's something about that. Hmm. Something about it. I mean, I can see it. It's still everything they have is just. It's amazing. Oh. Meatball subs there are excellent, too. You would think they were a sponsor of the show, the amount of times we've talked yeah. about Oh, them, yeah. And, you know, got debates going. But do know. they even need a sponsor? I don't think they do. It'd be nice if we had one. It might be a bad return they, on investment. They don't them, even need someone talking about it. They don't need it, but it, it'd be nice. You know? Frankly, as far as we know, we don't know they exist. I t- we don't know that they know we exist. There we go. There's one way to say yeah. it, yeah. We got there. <laughs> we got there. Well, that was our single rapid-fire question brought to you by FW Renner & Sons. All right, and here is our second question. Um, you know, we're hoping to implement daily double. There you go. Trying to implement um, some form of like ranking or you know opinionated question that we can get people involved with on social media. Um, and this one was you know just the first one that I could think of when I thought of this question. I thought Kale was the perfect qu- person to answer this question. If you have twenty dollars to spend on fast food you can mix and match any place you want we're not counting calories or any health sure. benefits whatsoever sure just best tasting twenty dollars worth of fast food mix and match okay now listen does the food court in the mall count as fast food Ooh. it should i'll give it to you you can walk up it order should. and walk yeah. away yes it I'll give should it yes. okay so i'm gonna start out in chipotle okay mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna get a burrito i'm gonna get white rice i'm gonna get pinto beans I'm going to get double steak. Ooh. From there. High roller. Yeah. From there, I'm going to get uh, cheese and sour cream and then two sides of the dragon. You know what the dragon is? Yeah. It's sour cream with the hot in a cup. And you pour it on. Change your life. Sour okay. cream and like a hot sauce mixed hot together. Sauce. Now, you don't need... Here's the key. If they pour it in... They'll put the sour cream at the bottom, hot sauce at the top. Don't don't let them mix it. Don't let them mix it. No, okay. no. If they mix it, I make them do it again. <laughs> All right. So you're right there. You're looking at about eleven bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So eleven dollars. I am getting a slice of pepperoni pizza from Sabaro Pizza in the mall. Now, how much are you looking at right there? Probably four fifty. Absolutely no I idea. Not a clue. You're looking around fifteen dollars from there. Okay. So if I'm fifteen dollars from there, I'm going across or right next to it. I'm going to get a Chick Fil A sandwich mm, nice. with only the chicken on it and about three things of the Chick Fil A sauce. Mm, yep. Now, if I have room for anything else <laughs> within my twenty dollar yeah. cap, the I'm getting item. a plain cheeseburger from McDonald's. Plain, plain. Yeah. or if I have enough, a plain double cheeseburger. Okay. Okay. There you go. Well, give you a couple coupons there, make the double cheeseburger work. That's I what mean, I mean. Yeah. I like. That's, I like. A, a that's what I mean. Hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that is a solid menu. That that's a solid choice right there. That's a good roster. Absolutely. Did you put any time into thinking of yours, Hank? I absolutely did. Oh, okay. You, I, you, I didn't think you, you, you did. The first time or second time. My first time thinking through it. What's your final answer? I don't. Well, my first time thinking through it was I was going to buy twenty dollars worth of the Wendy's chicken fries and then resell them because it's Burger King. People but close enough. They're all the same. Thing. You thought you could resell yes. them? Yes. But I it, thought they were not a thing anymore. But they are. I know. I'm aware. Okay. So what's your real answer? Okay, my real answer is uh, again that. The Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I know. that. Ah, it's just undefeated. That's so borderline for me. I want it, but I don't know if it fits. Actually, no. 
Time out. Swap out. Real oh quick. my goodness. Final answer. Popeye's chicken sandwich. You get a lot okay. more chicken. It's the you get a lot more meat for the okay. sandwich. All right. Next up, I'm going a uh, McGriddle. Okay. For McDonald's. Yeah. You know, with the. Not, you, I mean, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You got the you got the sausage. You got the egg. You got the cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a little bacon on there for a little razzle dazzle. Okay. And then you got the the uh, uh, the pancake. The pancake. Yeah. Okay. You get the pancake buns. I had, hey, calories don't count right now, Kale. Don't give me that look. Doesn't no, count. no, no. I'm not talking about calories. Yeah. He just doesn't like it. So go on. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, you know, I would substitute a couple of my later items mm-hmm. for two bacon, egg, and cheese. Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. Uh, oh, my gosh. No. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco oh. Bell. Taco Bell. The breakfast. Oh, I haven't uh, haven't yeah. done it. No, they're bur- I don't. The, I have not done it. You're looking at me crazy. Listen, I've heard it's decent. I haven't done it. Listen. Any football coach on our staff, I got them. If they ever say they invented that they got into it, no. They're liars. <laughs> liars. <laughs> liars. It's the, it's the, oh, it's the bacon, egg, and cheese crunch wrap Ooh. for Ooh, breakfast. And it is epic. Okay. And you put hot sauce on every bite. Okay. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it will not disappoint. You get, don't get mild. Don't get the fire. The get hot, hot sauce. Hot. Yeah. You take your first bite from there. You drip some hot sauce on there. It is <laughs> outstanding. That good. Now, if you're a morning workout guy and you mm-hmm. want to just pack on pounds and protein, go get it. All right. Dude, it's bacon, egg, cheese, and they put a sauce on there as well. I believe it's the nice. same sauce with the mm-hmm. quesadilla. That's good protein. Oh. That's right there. That's you have no good. idea how good this is. Oh, I did the quesadilla, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but this, game changer. Nice. All right. How do, how do you round off your menu, Hank? All right, so kind of coming down the home stretch here on mine. I'm going to Taco Bell. I'm getting a beefy five-layer burrito. I don't know what it is about them. I've just always got those. They've always hit the spot. Okay. Um, I'm rounding it out. I don't know how much money I have left because I'd be lying if I said I did more than the minimal amount of research on this, mm-hmm. which is my own experience. And uh, I am going to Chipotle. I'm getting a bowl. And I am piling on as much steak and fajita vegetables as the rest of my budget allows me. So that's all I got, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, you know, be mad about that at all. Um, you know, obviously Chipotle is one that kind of comes to mind, but it, it didn't make my list. I'm, I'm just not that huge of a Chipotle fan. I uh-huh. like it from, I like it from the aspect of I can get a burrito, I can get a bowl, and I mean, it's a pretty filling meal. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I feel like there are better tasting things out there, you know. That's um, fair. You know, so um, I, I kind of put my list together when I got home from work today a little bit. And I feel like when we talked about this like a month ago, I had a much better list than I do now. Oh, you had it down to the... Table. I had the perfect list a month ago. But uh, so here, here's my list. I think I'm right in the vicinity of $20. Um I'm going to go with a Big Mac from McDonald's, which is something I would normally never get because, you know, I'm a, I'm a dollar menu kind of guy because I refuse to pay $5 for a Big Mac when I can get five cheeseburgers for five. But point is, for $20, I'm going to get a Big Mac. It's really good. Um, I'm going to get a beef and cheddar from Arby's. Ooh. So underrated. Ooh. It is just an outstanding sandwich. 
but also something I never get because it's like a five dollar sandwich, and it's yeah. it's not worth five dollars. Let's you know, yeah. same idea. I can it's get warmed up cold cuts and a little bit of cheese. You know, I can get five dollar burgers for that's gonna be better than one, but it's a really good sandwich. Um, from there, I'm going with a foot long chicken bacon ranch sub from Subway. You know, they say $5 foot long, but that's going to cost you like twelve fifty. Uh It's like 7 bucks, I think. Maybe 8 7 9 I, The prices change so often. Yeah. Uh, you know, 7 8 bucks for that sub, which I don't think I included the first time, so I included a bunch of other stuff that I liked. But, you know, as of today, I'm going Big Mac, Beef and Cheddar, um, the sub from Subway, mm. Chicken Bacon Ranch. Um, and then I'm also going to add in a Crunchwrap Supreme from yeah. Taco Bell. Um, I think that might put me like a couple cents over $20. Really, you can interchange anything at Taco Bell as long as it has sour cream and tomatoes because that's the only thing that is good. I, I mean, if I'm eating Mexican food, it has to have sour cream and tomatoes on it. It has to. It absolutely has good to. Good thing Taco Bell is not Mexican food. <laughs> okay. Well, at Taco Bell as well, it has to have sour cream and tomatoes on Fair it. Fair enough. Um... Taco Bell, south of the border. Wasn't that their slogan for like 20 years? What are they, Brazilian? Everybody can lie about a slogan. Okay, yeah, it's not traditional Mexican food. Okay, I okay, whatever. You go to you go to Taco Bell, you go to El Camps. Mm-hmm. Compare the menu items. Okay, yeah, it's not obviously the same exact thing that you're getting, but it's the I, same yeah. concept. Yeah. Kind of? Nah. A little? No. If you squint? <laughs> and you're blind. If you squint while you're blind? Yes. Same thing. There we go. Um, so whatever. If I'm a little bit over, take out the crunch wrap and just add in like a soft taco supreme or two soft taco supremes. Mm-hmm. Really, all I want is the tomato and sour cream. Like just the tom- so you just want like a vehicle for tomato and sour cream. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. That's what I want. There we go. And I think I feel like that's a that's a pretty good meal right there. It's not bad. It's could not you bad. could you eat your whole meal? Oh, boy, I want to say absolutely. I feel like coming down the home stretch. Eh. But, you know, if it's after a Masson game, tailgate, I haven't had much like to snack on and I've just been hydrating all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I could absolutely eat that entire thing. Yeah, I, I think I might have to take a break. Like, I could do the Big Mac, the beef and cheddar, and the crunch wrap all together, no problem. Mm-hmm. It made me like half of the foot long. But I might have to take a small break to get to the other half. I feel like the foot long, it just get a little boring after a certain point. Yeah. So, you know, but this is a fast food conversation. We're a massive football podcast. So, uh, what's wrong with that? I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so I guess just, we, we have a bunch of ideas that we do want to do for the rest of the year when it comes to, you know, ranking this kind of stuff. This one isn't really a ranking it's more of a just what would you do, you know, in this situation. But, you know, let us know. How would you spend $20 of a fast food budget? No calories, no health implications. You don't get to keep the rest of the money. You can't donate the rest of the money. Like, you know, just how would you spend $20 worth of fast food? I think it's a pretty good question. Everybody's going to have a different answer. Um, <clears throat> but hopefully, you know, next week and from here on out, we're going to have more you know, ranking style things where we have a category and you have to rank them from favorite to least favorite type of thing. But, uh, you know, for tonight, that was our question. Uh, I think we got three pretty good answers. So 
I mean, I'm confident with mine. I know Kale's confident with his. Yeah, I mean, I like mine. I, I feel like I, I could spend time and actually get a better one down to the exact dime, but, you know, I, I would not be mad with my answer. No, I'm not, I'm not mad with mine. I know I could definitely sit down and put more than 45 seconds of thought into it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, overall, I like my list. Yep, pretty good. So that, uh, I guess, wraps up the end of this podcast. Uh, it's been a fun one tonight. Thanks for coming, Kale. We always enjoy have, having you here. And uh, with that, go Tigers. Beat St. Ed's. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Beat St. Ed's. Let's get after their ass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
Oh, ah, ah, ah. Get up, come on. 